0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And with that, welcome into this Locked On Browns podcast. My name is Jared Mueller. And no, there is absolutely no actual reason for me to open up the podcast with Domino's Ghetto Jam from back in the day. I just saw it in my music list and decided that was the one that was going to be leading off today. So, hope everybody is well on this Thursday, February 16th. Whether you're listening today, Thursday afternoon, Or Friday morning on your way to work. Thanks for making the Locked on Browns podcast a part of your glorious day. Hopefully in Ohio, we're looking at some beautiful 50 and 60 degree weather. So I hope everybody gets to enjoy that. Hope everybody stays away from this uh, illness that is going around. I'm trying to fight it off myself once again. So we'll see What that ends up looking like, but got too much work to do, too much stuff I enjoy doing, including my Locked on Browns podcast, my time on Scout uh, with the Orange and Brown report. And uh, excited that yesterday was told that uh, CBS, which has purchased Scout, is interested in continuing the relationship uh, that had started with the CLE for me a site that uh, I had started and kind of brainchild with Scout prior to kind of the bankruptcy and everything they were going through, kind of got put on hold and it is now back on. So I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to bringing in some people who want to write, who want to put kind of their stamp on things, not just about sports, but about Cleveland and the Northern Ohio area in general, food, uh, sports maybe that aren't talked about enough, Cleveland State, uh, definitely we're going to hit the Buckeyes. Um, you know, p- some political stuff, possibly some social activist stuff, uh, a variety of things here and there. Uh, but want to create a situation that we're not just doing day to day sports. There's enough sites doing that, but we're doing stories, we're sharing, we're being a part of a community. Uh, and so, really interested in what that's going to look like and how we can make that happen. But today on the Lockdown Browns podcast, Primarily, we're going to talk all about Terrell Pryor, the Browns wide receiver, but first have to note that the Cleveland Browns have signed Charles Hewlett to a six-year deal. Does anyone know who that is? That's right, Browns fans. We signed our long snapper to a six-year deal, the biggest long snapper deal ever. Yep, you heard me right. When you got a ton of money, you can spend it. And so um, I don't really know how to evaluate long snappers. I don't really notice them until they are terrible. But I want to say this. There are Browns fans out there who are stressed that the Browns got this deal done but still haven't signed Terrell Pryor, that got this deal done and still haven't signed Isaiah Crowell, got this deal done and haven't signed Christian Kirksey to an extension. And so on and so forth. Heck, there are probably some people that are wondering why they got this deal done and haven't traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. That They can't do that, by the way. Uh, That'd be the same as saying, why haven't they got this? Why did they get this deal done and not sign free agent Eric Berry or drafted Miles Garrett number one overall? Because you can't do those things. Now, they could sign Terrell Pryor, Austin Pastor, Isaiah Crowell. But those things are not mutually exclusive. See... Um, Sashi Brown, and the rest of the Browns front office, um, they don't only talk to one agent, right? So um, talks with Thrill Pryor are ongoing. Talks with Isaiah Crowell are ongoing. Don't know about Austin Pastor at this point in time, but I believe those are going to be ongoing or are ongoing at this point in time. So guess what, guys? I doesn't have anything to do with those other players. They just got this done. And uh, hopefully he's a good long snapper. Uh, hopefully we don't hear his name very often. But knowing some people... Some people in the media, whether, well again, that's someone broadcasting the game, our local media, um, I think from now on he's going to be called highest paid long snapper in the game, Charlie, Charlie Hewitt, or huglet however you pronounce his name. And that's just terrible narrative. So, anyways, we signed our long snapper. Chris Tabor seems to really like him. Just, just snap the ball and do it well. Don't get the yips that a lot of long snappers and kickers can get. And we are good to go. So that's that news. Other news that'll be real quick is that Ifo Epre Alamu has been cut by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, everyone knows Ifo from the time with the Browns. They took a seventh-round flyer on a guy who many thought would be a first- or second-round pick. Tore up his knee at the end of his last season and pretty much hasn't done anything since then. And so, Browns fans, don't expect the Browns to sign him again. Just don't. He was—I mean, just don't um i love the story i love the idea that he could come back i love the risk that they took uh using a seventh round pick to try to uh, catch lightning in a bottle but injuries are no joke and um it's one of the reasons i have some big concerns about teddy bridgewater Uh, and that's not to bring down the podcast or really even focus a lot of time on it but the description of teddy bridgewater's injury uh was pretty significant in that um Sean Livingston had a similar injury and took years to come back. Uh, Efo has a terrible injury and doesn't look like he's going to make it back. Hopefully Teddy Bridgewater can, but it is why injuries are always a risk. It's why San Francisco has ruined a lot of their draft stock by drafting players who have ACL injuries and just never come back. And so, um, you know, just injuries just cannot be predicted. So that's kind of the start to today. We got a couple pieces of news items, but the rest of today, I want to focus on Terrell Pryor and the difficulty in his situation. So let's first just kind of of set the table when it comes to Pryor. Pryor is currently 27 years old. Before the season starts, he will be 28. And so this would really be the age where someone comes for their second contract, which makes sense for Terrell Pryor. Uh, but again, we all know quarterback Raiders um, played okay, got cut. I mean, decided to be a wide receiver after the Bengals cut him when he wouldn't become a wide receiver. And now, after in his first season, didn't make the team originally. Went unsigned for most of the season. The Browns picked him up late in the season or later in the season, and then last year had a breakout year. So, again. Terrell Pryor, 28 years old, will be 28 years old when the season starts. Uh, ESPN lists him at 6'4", 223 pounds, smooth, long arms, long strider. Last year, 77 receptions, 107 yards, only four touchdowns. But again, really just learning the position. A piece of information that uh, we'll talk about as we go on is Pryor had 140 targets. 140 targets. That is a crap ton of targets. And so he um, had 77 receptions. But when you have that many targets, you tend to have a lot of receptions. And so um, when we look at kind of where he falls with 140 receptions, um, in the 16 games that he played, Prior is the had the 12th most receptions in the league. And of those 12, only one had less completions or less receptions. And that was Allen Robinson of Jacksonville, who had 150 targets, but only 73 receptions. The rest of the people on the list, Mike Evans with 96, Odell with 101, Edelman, 98. T.Y. Hilton, 91. Antonio Brown, 106. Jordy Nelson, 97. Larry Fitzgerald, 107. A, kind of a deep threat guy, DeAndre Hopkins only had 78 uh, on 150 targets. Michael Crabtree, 89. Demarius Thomas, 90. So 77 receptions, 107 yards is obviously very good. The only people with less yards in the top 12 were Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins, who were very close to Pryor when it comes to receptions. Uh, Robinson had six touchdowns. Hopkins matched Pryor with four. So I say all that just to say that's a lot of targets, good receptions. Again, he's a developing player, but we have to be realistic. We have to set the table for Pryor. So let's continue to set the table as we talk about what a contract might look like for Terrell Pryor. While they're is a billion dollars in cap space this year it's quick and easy just to look back at last year's wide receiver class a totally different class excuse me a lot going on there but let's look at what uh contracts were given out last year so in terms of guaranteed money only three wide receivers got more than 10 million dollars guaranteed marvin jones got 20 Mohamed sanu got 14 so both the ex uh, got 20 and 14 to lead the way, and then Travis Benjamin, the app, ex-Brown, got 13 million guaranteed. Next on the list is a big drop down to Jermaine Curse at 6.3. Again, I'm using Sport Track uh, to look at that. Um, so if anybody's wondering where I'm getting my information, I think Sport Track does a pretty good job. So I want to make sure that I give them credit for what they do. So, and then when we look at kind of total dollars. Jones got 40 million. Muhammad Sanu got 32.5. Benjamin, 24. Richard Matthews, uh, going to Tennessee, got 15. And then Jermaine Curse got 13.5 million dollars. Mike Wallace, 11.5. And no one else on their list at Sport Track got more than $3 million. Now, uh, I've got to be able to look up what Alshon Jeffrey got um, as a um, franchise guy. Because and why that's important is that when you look at Pharrell Pryor, the franchise tag is an important thing to put into perspective. And so um, last year, Alshon Jeffrey was franchise tagged for 14.599. So let's just say 14 and a half million dollars. And so given that. There wasn't a lot of money given to wide receivers last year. Right now, you could say maybe that's because of the talent there, but I think Marvin Jones is a very good wide receiver, maybe not a top flight number one. Marvin uh, Mohamed Sanu obviously uh, played an important role for his team um, last season, but uh, maybe isn't a number one kind of guy. But where does that put Terrell Pryor? If the top contract last year was $20 million guaranteed. The franchise tag this year is a little bit over 15 and a half million dollars, or that's what it's expected to be, hasn't been set yet. So if we just say sixteen million, it's just a little bit easier. And I don't mean to just go higher, just it's just for simplicity purposes. You can say fifteen and a half, but really let's just say sixteen because we know it's going to be over fifteen and a half million dollars. What is that kind of range then when you're talking about a player like Terrell Pryor? There's no real risk for him to be worried about uh, the franchise tag. And for the Browns, $16 million is a lot of money. It's more than guaranteed for one year. It's more than what's guaranteed to Mohamed Sanu and Travis Benjamin. And it's not that much less than what was guaranteed to Marvin Jones. But again, everything is in perspective, right? So Marvin Jones is a number two, low level number one, and has shown on the field, that's what he's able to do. So that's great. Terrell Pryor, on the other hand, has shown in one season with his size, his speed, his hands, his athletic ability, that he could be a middle to top flight number one. On the other hand, he showed it for one season when he got 140 targets. He had terrible quarterback play pretty often. So there are so many variables playing out when it comes to Terrell Pryor that I think it's very difficult for anyone to have an idea of what this contract should look like, right? You and I can say the Browns should pay whatever they want, but the Browns also realize that sets a tone about the rest of free agency. With Jamie Collins, they got a relatively good deal. Many people expected Collins to sign for even more than the $50 million that he did. They got a relatively good deal with Jamie Collins If they blow that out of the water with Terrell Pryor, then every agent is knocking on their door, pounding on their door, demanding these huge contracts. And then long term, they have to decide whether they can invest in a player who hasn't even proved he knows how to play the position uh, with good quarterback play, with maybe a more balanced offense that's not throwing the ball to him 140 times. Because when you have Corey Coleman on the other side, who's hopefully healthy for all 16 games next year like he was not this year, that's going to take away some of his targets. If Hugh Jackson actually starts to run the ball on a more consistent basis with Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson, something he really didn't do last year, that's going to take away some of Terrell Pryor's targets as well. On the other hand, Pryor could develop into a great wide receiver, has the physical traits, and showed a lot in really his first season in the position. Do you see why that's so difficult? Do you see why it's so complicated? When you add in the hundred million or I'm sorry, the one billion dollars worth of cap space. The Browns have a hundred million. There are like eight to ten other teams with thirty million dollars or more in cap space. You can see why this process becomes very, very complicated. It can't be an easy conversation, even if both his agent and the Browns are as honest about who Terrell Pryor is as I just was. That, yes, he showed a lot of talent from the agent's perspective. Look how big he is. Look how good he was in his real first season with some bad quarterback play. Look at what he's done here. Look at what other people are paying. And look at the, the what the, the franchise tag is. And look how much cap space not only do you have, but the rest of the league has. Terrell Pryor should get paid. And on the other side, the Browns are very can honestly just say, we targeted him 140 times. He only had 77 receptions. He only had four touchdowns. He only had 1,000 yards. He's only shown it for one year. Last year's top wide receiver, a very good one in Marvin Jones, who had proved he could be a very good wide receiver, only got a guaranteed $20 million. And so even if they're being honest, can you see why that's a difficult conversation? Can you see why this uh, article by Pro Football Focus really should give the Browns some hope? And that's that, according to Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Deal, and everyone knows my history with her, he, Terrell Pryor has instructed his agents to get a, deal, get a deal done because he wants to stay. That's really awesome. Um, Pryor said last week, I know this is an important month, but I love being with the Browns. And like I've said before, this thing isn't about joining a different team because a different team's good. That's not what it's about. I love the pro- building process here, um, and he said I have no problem with just because we're one in fifteen or whatever this year coming back. I don't mind starting fresh next year and continuing to grow because I think it's more exciting when you're on the bottom. I'm always citing starting from the bottom and getting to the top, and think it's a I think it's a greater feeling, and it would be great to give Cleveland what they're looking for. Plus, he really likes Hugh Jackson, so. Yeah, the Browns just signed their long snapper to the largest contract ever for six years. And yeah, the Browns need to figure things out with Isaiah Crowell and Terrell Pryor and Austin Pastor. But man, is that a difficult conversation. The franchise tag looms. Reports are that the Browns do not plan on using it on him. That is a little bit shocking because I assume that the Browns want Terrell Pryor back. Their hope is that they get the deal done. In the end, $16 million? $16 million for one year guaranteed? That shouldn't scare Terrell Pryor. That might scare the Browns more, which could lead to a deal getting done, and I expect that deal to have more guaranteed money than Marvin Jones got last year, all for a wide receiver who had one year of production on 140 targets, 77 catches, a little over 1,000 yards, and four touchdowns. Hey, it's good money if you can get it. Thanks for stopping by this Locked On Browns podcast. Again, my name is Jared Mueller. Get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared K Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by. And go, Browns.